Hi guys, welcome to Confidence Boost. My name is Leah and I'm here with Becca. Hi everyone. Becca is my school, what are, what are you? Social worker. Social worker. And we're going to talk about the idea of confidence today. Becca, do you want to do you want to share with the audience something about you? Sure. So, my name is Becca and I recently started working at the York School. And um, before this, I focused my psychotherapy in community health, so at a walk-in clinic, so serving all populations. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, my first question for you is what is your definition of confidence? Great question. Um, So I think uh, the definition of confidence for me is that it's a state of being like any other sort of descriptive term and it exists on a spectrum. And what I mean by that is that confidence is something that can increase or decrease depending on our circumstance. So maybe that's sort of a roundabout answer, but um, yeah, I I think it, it can fluctuate. Do you want to give an example of how that can fluctuate? Sure. Um, So I think that um, maybe depending on what happens to us in our upbringing or at school or with our friends, those things can sort of indicate um, our responses and then how we sort of face the world. So I guess an example would be like if I were uh, yelled at at school in front of my peers, that might... um, shift my self-concept and and as a result of that maybe my confidence would go down so let's say I was brought up in in a school system where my teachers would yell at me a lot do you think that that would influence me when I got into my adult years yeah so I think it's a number of circumstances so because we spend so much time in a school setting um it's most of time, the most of our time as, as uh, youth is in a school setting. I imagine that if you were experiencing that on a day-to-day basis, it would definitely affect your self-concept. And, and I'm just curious, though, like if there were to be other factors, right? Like what's your mm-hmm. home, like, le- home life like? And if you were somebody who continued to speak out, what does that say about who you are and your identity outside of school? Maybe it's really strong if you continue to like face the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? So there's different factors to it. I think so. In your experience, what are some general reasons why someone might or might not be confident? When you say might be confident, do you mean like things that raise or lower their self-confidence or do you mean like just how they're born? Um, it can be like a mix of both, like if you have ideas for both. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think... So reasons why someone would be confident is almost an interesting way to put it. Like I think confidence might not be accessible to everyone from the get-go because they may not have had like safety at home or like permission to be themselves. Um, That's interesting. And then like in terms of things that lower or raise our self-confidence, I think it's like a number of factors. So things that I think lower our self-confidence are um, strong examples or role models, uh, inequity, negative self-talk, bullying, witnessing difficult relationships, so again, mm-hmm. role models, um, comparison, comparing ourselves to other people. Oh, yeah. um, so those are the, I think, negative ones. I'm sure you have some that you can imagine <laughs> yeah. decrease confidence. Um, yeah. Do you want me to, do you want me to yeah, share Yeah, sure. Something that might decrease confidence. I think like comparing yourself to others is a big one. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people about that 
because it's something that like always comes up when I have these conversations with people about confidence. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like how about the, how there's always going to be somebody who's like better than you at something mm-hmm. or like pretty that prettier than you. Mm-hmm. And so there's always going to be somebody to compare yourself to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can definitely get into people's heads. Yeah, especially as teenagers. Yeah, and who we have around us, like our family members or our friends. Um, to remind us of who we are outside of like those external factors and that we are our own unique selves are so important in that regard which I guess brings mm-hmm. us to the things that raise self-confidence yeah which is a, li- a little Let's more talk about exciting. it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so I think like from the start like belonging and feelings of safety strong role models yes um being vulnerable safety and vulnerability like being okay with mistakes um being okay with imperfection having people around you that support Mm-hmm. those things like accepting flaws almost yes or like people at home um, maybe parents or siblings that normalize you know normalize mm-hmm. your mistakes and normalize that people come in all different shapes and sizes and with different thoughts and that your authentic self is sort of what's to be strived for um having trusting relationships so that could mean friends or mentors um developing a value system and then not relying exclusively mm-hmm. on external indicators which I think is something that you were referring to when you spoke about comparison mm-hmm. what do you notice about confident seeming people and I think that you have like more experience having talked to people about confidence every day right I mean I <laughs> wish I was speaking to people about confidence every day <laughs> other things other yeah things. no I think I think often more it's a lack of confidence that we're talking about in a and a comparison and perfectionism but um I think often confidence is confused with extroversion mm. and like lots of quiet people or introverted people can have so much confidence um and I think we have this sort of false understanding of it so uh, just that confidence takes different shapes and it's not really um, necessarily so clear. Um, it can look like a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah, because different people, we're all different and uh, it's about being who we are and loving ourselves. So, mm-hmm. I, it's, yeah, it's a, it's hard, a hard question. It's a hard question because I think confidence for me is probably going to look so different than confidence for you, even though we have this idea of like what confidence looks yeah. like, you know? That's why, like, on this podcast, the first question I ask everybody is, what is your definition of confidence? Because everybody's going to have their own ideas and definition of it. Um, oh, that's a fun little notification. <laughs> My next question for you is, how does emotional intelligence impact well-being and confidence for both parties? I think, yeah, I think emotional intelligence really helps us know about ourselves. So self-awareness can help us navigate difficult situations but I think in terms of how does emotional intelligence influence our confidence and our well-being is that the question yes okay so yeah I think if we have that self-awareness we can navigate situations a little bit more clearly and do things that increase our confidence so uh, if I know for example that I um, am really more stressed out presenting or seeing a student if I haven't eaten my lunch Mm -hmm. and I you know and I haven't gotten enough sleep then I'll remind myself of like the things I need to do to take care of me um we have to always fill our own cups before someone else so like emotional intelligence or my own self-awareness might tell me that like I can only show up as my best self my most confident self when I've taken care of 
my needs. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And how do you think that self-care plays a role in our confidence and well-being? I think, um, again, I think it's individual. And I think that self-care looks different for each person. But yeah, we could show up as our best selves, our most vulnerable selves, and be okay with our mistakes and be okay with our vulnerabilities when we know we're putting our best foot forward, when we know that we've done what we need to do to show up for ourselves and then, I guess, for other people. Self-care, I think, does play a role, but I think finding out what that means for each person is unique mm-hmm. um, and often sometimes secondary. Like, we always prioritize like, all the things we have to do for other people. So for students, it's, like, our homework and our take, walking the dog, which, which, which could also be self-care, like doing yeah. something for our parents. It's like, what am I doing that's just for me right now or every evening? Mm-hmm. Chai tea yeah. lattes. Chai tea lattes. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, a, chai, a, a walk. Um, like making sure you eat. Like, I, you know, whatever it yeah. is that that's carving out, watching your favorite show, allowing yourself like scrolling time or a YouTube video or something that makes you happy and mm-hmm. brings you joy because you know that you, we all know that we need that. Otherwise we, we can get sort of burnt out. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned all these activities because... I feel like if I were to come home and do those after school, you know, watch my favorite show or make myself something that might take longer to eat, it might be considered like, oh, she's not getting to her homework right away. It Mm -hmm. might be like laziness or not prioritizing what you need to be prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm kind of asking you questions on the spot. No, I think that's a really (laughs) good question. I actually was thinking about this. We almost have to rebrand selfishness. Like often people say like, oh, that's selfish of me or like, I, you know, I don't want to, and selfish has this negative connotation, but being selfish is really important because we have to love ourselves first. We can't get that self-confidence that we're looking for unless we can give it to ourselves. Like there's no space. Like no, you're not really going to believe it unless, like somebody telling you is almost empty. It's almost, it doesn't land unless we sort of have some idea of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to make space to grow that self-love and that self-worth. Um, independently and with the people around us it's like that like the drag show how are you supposed to expect people to love you when you can't love yourself which show i don't know i heard it like from like a a drag race or something Uh uh-huh i don't know it was yeah i'm not too educated on drag (laughs) drag races i'm editing right now and i wanted to quote this it's by queen rupaul and the quote is if you don't love yourself how in the heck are you gonna love somebody else okay back to the program no, I haven't seen it, but I think that's, like, a good sentiment. And, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability and our and our capacity to be our authentic self, so I, I definitely think that she inspires me in terms of how I want to show up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's also evolving. I think conf- what we're missing here is, like, yes, it's a spectrum, and it can grow, and it can shrink, and there's things that make our inner voice louder, quieter, um, and things we can do to reduce self-talk, but we're learning and we're growing from every experience and, and just being ourselves and putting ourselves out there, sometimes with the push of others, is like really yeah. the key to growth. So now you're working in, in a school community, mm-hmm. and it happens to be very competitive about grades and extracurriculars and basically anything you can turn into a competition. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that you experience a lot of, like, you know, anxious um students or like Mm -hmm. students that need support Mm -hmm. in that way I think that there is a definitely a strong competitive culture and this striving for perfectionism and Voltaire says perfectionism is the enemy of the good and I really believe that like Mm -hmm. when we're there's like you said earlier there's always going to be somebody who's better at this or better at that or 
more something. And I think feeling like that we're enough um, and reminding ourselves of that and talking to ourselves the way we would talk to someone we love instead of with like meanness yeah. is um, really the key too to mitigating that competitive culture and like getting away from it. Like let's not compare, let's not strive for perfectionism, let's just strive for our best. I love that. The thing that I notice about perfectionism though is that every time you achieve a goal, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. And I see that with my friends because I have friends who are very high achievers and they have very high standards for themselves. Mm-hmm. And as much as that's an amazing thing because you're striving for great stuff, it can also be very harmful. What's advice you would give to students who are perfectionists and always go for that 100%? I think reflecting on our value system um, is important like why the why behind needing the 100% what will it do for you and I think questioning if if it's the culture that we're wrapped up in or if it's truly what you need to feel good and if it is the only thing you need to feel good is this grade then like what is it that you're missing and, and what would you prefer to feel and I think just making space for other definitions of like good or enough as opposed to just like a mark um it's a lot of work, like easier said than done, but I guess that would be my best advice. And like to keep sharing your message of like, this isn't okay. I'm not okay with this. I, I want my self-concept to be defined by more than my grades. So I think continuing conversations around that would be helpful. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could just wave a wand mm-hmm. and uh, make that competitiveness and perfectionism disappear. Is is the competitive culture of the school different from when you were a student? I also went to a very competitive school, and so in that regard, no. Um, I suppose that also means I, that you have experience in this and you're able to help students like <laughs> this out more? Yeah, I think, again, though, every experience is individual. So even though I might have been through something similar, I'll never quite understand what each, what each student is uniquely experiencing. Uh, at the same time, it is a small school, so keeping in mind, like, there's a bigger picture. And I think to your to your question, is it is it different? No, but like the access to what everyone else is doing all the time is like there wasn't mm-hmm. social media when yeah. I was growing up. So I can't like, you know, there was online chatting like MSN, ICQ, not to date myself, <laughs> um, but Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, like all these ways that everyone's communicating online and seeing other people's lives and their homes yeah. especially during covid that didn't exist like when you went home you were you were home and mm-hmm. separate so i think there was some reprieve from that constant parade of comparison how do you think that influences us influences us when we compare ourselves in general or on social media um i guess that just that we have more accessibility to social media I personally don't think it's great, Um, but I think, you know, connection online has also given us a lot of wonderful things. Um, It's like a progress trap, so there's good and bad, Um, like with anything. I do feel that there are certain parts of social media that are quite negative, like filters and um, those, what are they, those apps that change your body and things like that can be. Oh, yeah, like Facetune. Facetune, yeah. Um, so things like that 
I don't think I can't really find a positive in them. Yeah. I mean, like, there's all this talk. My parents watched a documentary about how, like, teens are now addicted to getting that dopamine rush when they get a like on their post or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of stupid now. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we don't know. I know there's tons of research happening, but it's very difficult to understand the true impact of social media use. And yeah, it's just a different time. But that exposure all the time is really exhausting, um, I think, for youth. And in some ways has allowed for so much more connection around the world and you can have friends from so many more places. And and that's wonderful because people sometimes don't find their community in Mm. school and online communities exist and and that can be great. At the same time, we know that there are a lot of difficult and horrible things on the internet and yeah on social media so definitely I, I it for sure affects our confidence levels and our self-concept and how we feel about ourselves and I think searching for ways to mitigate use and mitigate that addiction yeah it's important no I, I like that word like that word addiction because it's true like if you told me to go a day without my phone like that would be more difficult than it sounds mm-hmm yeah, and I think it's for adults as well. Like, we've all sort really? of come to rely on our phones. They yeah. do so much for us. We Everything's in them. They're like little... My whole life is on this little square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of scary. It's scary. And also just to rely on something so heavily. Yeah. Right? Like, how often when our phone is maybe not with us, like, how often we, like, reach into our pockets for it or... Right. You know, in Just a, to know it's there. Yeah, just to know it's there. I, like, I stand up when I'm done talking to somebody and I, like, pat myself down just mm-hmm. to make sure my phone's mm-hmm. there. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it would raise well-being if we, like, all decided to take a break from our phone or lessen that, fo- like, screen time? Well-being, sure. I think um, there are, like, concepts like that in restaurants where you, like, have to put your phone in the middle of the table. And I think people make rules with their screen time and parents have limits on phone use. Um, I do think it's those are beneficial. I think they're hard to implement. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I, 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 I think anything we can do to decrease our reliance in general mm-hmm. on things, on external things, is, is positive. So, Becca, mm-hmm. a big topic that we talk about every year in school is bullying. Mm-hmm. We have people come in to talk to us about our online footprint and cyberbullying and also about how bullying affects our mental health. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'd love to. I think um, bullying can start at a really young age. Um, from before we're in school, even in nursery or with siblings or in the playground, um, but it changes shape mm-hmm. as we get older. And um, our interactions with others are the things that sort of shape our the way we navigate the world. Bullying in high school, I think we also imagine like this very perverse sort of fight in the schoolyard but we know that that's not necessarily the case life Um, isn't cobra kai (laughs) yes (laughs) so um i know i was supposed to get that reference and i don't okay okay what high school is that no it's it's a show about um an extended like karate kid it's like they bring back the characters and then some new characters and it's like after 30 years of not doing karate anymore since we were 18 years old we're going to train our kids on how to fight, and then they're going to fight each other. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Um, no, but I think I think bullying is one of the biggest factors that affects our confidence because we start to believe what other people say about us as truth. 
and yeah. we can get into like some some difficult thinking patterns um like you know catastrophizing situations or black and white thinking in terms of like you know if someone was mean to me oh that must mean what they said was true and that you know mm-hmm. everyone's talking about me or everyone hates me as opposed to no I was bullied one day and it sucked yeah and then I go home and you know maybe talk it out with a parent or someone that I trust and that cares about me and they can help me reshape that experience into something else and I think that often bullying stems from our own insecurities right like someone's own insecurity and taking it out on someone else do you believe that hurt people hurt people I think that's true or like that oppressed people oppress others um I do think that often it can come from a place of pain um also there's this idea that what we see in someone else like a reflection is is a reflection of something that we're wanting for ourselves um and also people can just be mean you know especially kids they can just be mean not having a sort of developed brain and understanding the consequences of our actions um there are a whole bunch of reasons for bullying and some of them are like reasonable and we can sort of have some compassion for the bully at the same Mm -hmm. time the effects of the bullying can be pretty deep um and i think some bullying isn't as explicit so for example like leaving someone out or having a snapchat group that's exclusive or um you know a a christmas party or a holiday party where not everyone is invited and you know people lie about what they're doing and I think it's difficult in high school to navigate those situations because it's such a small group and there aren't a lot of options for friends yeah no it's true especially at this school it's like it's quite divided I feel yeah yeah what has your experience my experience been in that regard oh like there there is sometimes some exclusion here. Mm-hmm. I like I only know from like my grade snapshot of like, and we do appear to be pretty exclusive just to the other staff and students, which is not the best thing. But so what I've done is I've found myself an amazing group of friends, and we're all pretty open to inviting others into our friend group. We're not we're not so exclusive, and I also have friends outside of school that are also very supportive, and I look forward to them, to seeing them on weekdays. And what's it like to have the friends outside of school? They're great. It's, I talk to them in a different way, because it's not, oh, did you see what happened at school? It's kind of, tell me about what's going on in your school. Mm -hmm. Let's break down every detail about (laughs) everything that's going on, (laughs) because I'm just so interested in your life, and I never get to see you five days a week. Mm -hmm. So let's just all break it down for like three hours on FaceTime. (laughs) Right, so you get to have sort of like a different set of of people that you can rely on. And what about the other grades at school? Other grades at school? Like, do you feel like there's opportunity for friendships within other grades? And Oh, yeah. There's a lot of intergrade friendships in my in my grade. Mm-hmm. And I also just personally just love being involved in this community. So I try to be friendly to whoever. I actually have this incident. I was walking through the halls, and I, I waved a group of, like, grade nine. I was just like, hey, how are you doing? And, like, two of the girls look at another girl and like, how do you know her? And I turned back. I was like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> just to show, just to be a positive example. Yeah. Of saying hi to other people. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and has that served you in your personal life outside of school? Like, is that something you learned from 
oh, um, yeah. behavior of like a parent or this is turning into <laughs> this is your turning interview. Into my <laughs> interview um I don't know how I learned that but I, I really enjoy just being comfortable to say hi, hey to everybody um even if I don't know them that's yeah, great yeah they always say like stranger danger but like Saying hi to a stranger is so much fun. <laughs> especially <laughs> especially in a safe setting like the York School. Oh, yeah. I think it's safe there. Especially if, like, they seem fa- safe and they're around the same age as you. All clear. All clear. <laughs> yeah, and does it does it give you, a like, a good feeling? Or what, what, is, what feelings does it evoke when you are able to just say hi to whoever in the hallway? I feel that it takes a lot of confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. But it ends up making me more confident. Because if I say hi and they say hi back, we've established a connection. At camp, I say hi to everybody because there's only like 400 people there, and so <laughs> just a small, just a small little 400 group. people. But it's inevitable that you're going to see every single person almost every day. So might as well establish a connection there. Right, and the more connections yeah. we have, yeah, the more we are connected to the world, and that can be really uh, supportive and allow for confidence. I think. To yeah, build. yeah. Would you share some of the things that? Maybe reduce your confidence? Ooh, okay. Something that reduces my confidence is bathing in self-pity. It's, it's getting to the point where, like, the leaves are falling and you realize that you're not going to be able to go outside as much and so, like, seasonal depression is mm-hmm. kind of starting. And so if you just, like, feel bad for yourself all the time, I feel I feel for me that it makes my self-confidence a little worse. I'm mm-hmm. like, ugh. Ugh, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sort of like a way to combat. It's like a competing, I guess, energy. is like you're, you're saying hi to people. is like something you do to keep your morale up. Oh, yeah. In contrast. Definitely. So by saying hi to people, I realize that I know so many people. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't, I have the potential to know so many mm. people and have so many friends. Which gives you? This gives me confidence. Confidence. And it may not be like that for every person. I personally love being able to say hi to everybody but Mm -hmm. everybody has their own ways yeah I think those small things are really really helpful like something that I find helpful just in my overall well-being is practicing gratitude yeah so like thinking about those things like every night or every morning just a small practice of like writing them down so you know I was feeling cooped up at work today and I took myself out for a walk um around the block and I got to notice all the leaves changing and it's so beautiful. That's or, great. Yeah, or like um, I bought my favorite, I bought myself a chai latte or like yeah. my favorite <laughs> drink or something or, you know, or um, I made myself like a, a plan I'm looking forward to for the weekend or something like that. Or, I, you know, I'm going to meet up with someone or someone sent yeah. me a sweet text message that felt good to receive. So I think like just noticing those little things and taking account of them can help mm-hmm. us be more aware of, the positives in our life do you have a structure for how you write your gratitude like do you have like a little template for yourself just numbers like one two three um and sometimes I'll do like a hope attached to it so the things I'm grateful for will be like a reflection and then like something I'm hoping for that day or hoping for for the next day just to put it out into the universe of like something I want to do for myself and I don't make it too hard like oh I have to get a hundred on my test no yeah it would more be like um I hope to connect with one friend tomorrow or something like that a small attainable goal yes yes amazing exactly that kind of thing and then once you complete that you're like yeah I completed the goal exactly cross it off the list (laughs) (laughs) precisely yeah have you noticed that your morale has been like higher since you started 
practicing gratitude. For sure. I think it definitely helps because it's very easy to focus on the negative. Um, and what we were talking about earlier, like negative self-talk. And um, sometimes it's a muscle, right? Our brains are a muscle. So we, we, the more we practice highlighting the positive, noticing the good, um, and the more we make space for that, there's less room for all the, all the negative stuff. And um, that allows for inner self-happiness and by virtue of that confidence to grow and to develop. Yeah. So what you're saying is by focusing on the things around you that make you happy, you're also making yourself happy. Yeah, and on the things that are internal, not just external, the things inside you that, that bring you joy. Like, you know, the things that sometimes we take for granted, like my, that my legs work, that my body yeah. doesn't ache, that I, you know, can sleep through the night, that I am hungry things. in the morning for breakfast and I wake up, like, excited to make my toast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the little That's things. Great. Yeah. So I think those are the Something things. Something to look forward to. Yes. Just laying in bed like, oh, I can't wait for my toast yeah. tomorrow morning. I think for most people it's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but for me it's a nice sandwich <laughs> in the morning. Nice, nice. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, I think it's amazing that you're doing this. Oh, thank you. And I'm very excited to listen to everyone but mine. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's hard to hear your own voice, I It's think. true, it's true. Okay. And thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for joining me today on this episode. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Confidence Boost. I hope you got your daily boost of confidence today. And stay tuned. Hey, guys. If you made it this far into the episode, I, I want to let you know that I really appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in and listening to my voice and what I have to say. And I know that some of you are kind of international. We've got some Swedes, people from Mexico, one person from Germany. I appreciate you. Malaysia, all over the world. And if you're looking for more updates, you can follow the Instagram at Confidence Boost Podcast. I also want to wish you an amazing week to come, a successful week to come. And I hope you tune in next time for Confidence Boost.